Good morning, gamers everywhere! Of all varieties, shapes, sizes, doesn't matter what you look like. You love games, and games love you. I'm Basil. <laughs> and I'm Skelly. And this is the Untitled Podcast. Where we talk about games, and all things game-related. Today we've got some interesting topics lined up for you. Uh, we're gonna kick it right off with getting into some things, you know, that are coming out soon that we are keeping our eyes on and so first off i'd like to point out horizon forbidden west now for all of you who don't know that is the sequel coming out to horizon zero dawn which was a real hit game in around like 2016 and this is you know a continuation of the story the story we know with aloy running through the uh the post-apocalyptic machine controlled world and some things we're hoping to see well i'm hoping to see from it is you know some maybe some new machines to fight would be very interesting because i'm sure some of you remember some of the big over-the-top machines that you fought in the first one some of the huge the 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 mighty wingspan of the thunderbird as it flew over the sky and you could see its silhouette as it flew above you and swooped down on you but it's yes so we're looking forward to i'm looking forward to that and hopefully some new and interesting story to to explore because that was another big big part of this game was a very in-depth and interesting story in a, in a direction that games have never really gone before. Yes, Horizon Zero Dawn had story. It had a beautiful soundtrack, glorious landscapes. I mean, it was just, it was just really, really fun. Yes. So I imagine the sequel is going to be really good. Yes, and and hopefully we'll be seeing some more information about this soon it's slated to come out sometime later this year maybe towards the end of the year but hopefully that means that we'll be seeing some trailers soon Ooh, trailers so look forward for those yes and if you haven't played horizon zero dawn yet it is now not only just a playstation exclusive you can play it on pc you can can you play it on by on xbox I, I don't think so, but, oh. you know, Sony and Xbox don't get along too well. But <laughs> PC is definitely available. And, I mean, if you haven't played it yet, now is your time to play it because it is definitely worth a play. Definitely worth a play. In other games that are exciting, and I know Horizon Forbidden West is one of the most exciting to come up, <laughs> um... I wish I could talk about Elder Scrolls 6, but we don't know much about that yet. So uh, another game that I'm looking forward to, Skelly, is Gotham Knights. Yes, yes, the new, uh, the, new Batman, the new Batman game coming out very soon, but without Batman, I hear. Yes, without Batman. Spoiler alert, it's not actually a spoiler. Batman is dead yeah. for reals this time. <laughs> And he leaves and entrusts Gotham City to his four uh, wards. Yes. That's the word. Yes. His four trusty wards. <laughs> you got Robin, you got Nightwing, the Red Hood, and Batgirl. Oh, that's a very, very, uh, very high, high-profile cast they got there. And yeah. um, I believe I heard something about you being able to co-op with that game. Yes, you can drop in and out of co-op. 
mm-hmm. whenever you want. And from what I understand, the gameplay is is seamless between all of those characters. You can just swap characters easily. You can do combos between the two or the four or three. I mean, however many you want. It's Yes, the, the, the combinations are, are open to you, essentially. You can mix and match as you choose and... And mm-hmm. experiment with you know different uh, different play styles with different characters, all you like. Oh yeah, and uh, from what we've seen of the trailer that is now circulating widely around, and any gameplay footage is that there are a slew of Arkham villains and Batman villains that are just like coming out of the floodgates. Batman's gone, you know. You got free reign of Gotham, so of course they're gonna, you know, want to take over. Yes, I'm sure every bad guy is looking for his piece of Gotham now that now that the big bad bad is gone. Oh yeah, the main one they they show off is uh, Mr. Freeze. Yes, that's that's I think like the first vo- first boss uh, you fight in the game. But they've also really highlighted the Court of Owls as being the underbelly, kind of controlling all of the other villains. It's sounds like a wonderful story the uh visuals are really amazing and the gameplay seems to go in and out seamlessly i'm excited the only problem is that there's no release date yet (laughs) yes unfortunately i think that's a commonplace right now and we'll actually talk a little bit about that a little bit later some uh some interesting you know uh perspectives on what's been going on with that recently um, but right now, I think we'll move right into a rev- you know a review of a game 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 we've been playing a lot recently, and a lot of you have probably heard about it. It's this big new early access game out on Steam, uh, Valheim, which is a Viking themed survival game, uh, multiplayer early access still. But from what I've seen, it is probably the most complete early access game out on the market like ever and it is it is tons of fun and it's it's i mean it's multiplayer if you like you can host a local server with you know you and some friends and you know have a good time with it i mean otherwise you can you know have a nice solo world and i think that's still just as fulfilling as having a a big old party of you of course, there are some things you can you know as a as a Viking in a Viking survival game, you and a bunch of buddies go get in a big old long ship and go, you know, pillaging and raiding other islands as you uh, as you um, explore the the absolutely massive map, and it just offers tons of tons of gameplay and not to mention the base building is on point it is so and it's just it's a very fun survival game yes and it and it's not something that people uh gamers like me would necessarily see as as a great game i i really like visuals i like things to be pretty i will always say how pretty games are um and when you look at valheim at first it's got that sort of blockiness to it yes yeah a bit of the bit of bit of a throwback to the to like you know the old uh graphic styles when they Mm -hmm. were just learning how to use like 
you know, blocks and, and hexes to, to make build 3D models and stuff like that. The graphic fidelity does not seem to be that great. And for some reason, the lighting is the best lighting I have ever seen yes. in a game. I have, I have never seen a game do water so well. Oh. Like when you when you just sit on the coastline during a sunset, it is just the the prettiest goddamn thing you've ever seen. I want to drink it. Yes. I want to yes. drink it. You just want to dive right in. Yes. That's... But it doesn't it doesn't matter. What I'm getting at is for all the gamers who focus on graphics and will just write it off because it's it's not as pretty. You gotta play it. It's the gameplay of it is totally mixed for that lack of uh, visual splendor that we're used to these days. It's so much fun to play. It, and it's not punishing, which is a really great aspect for a survival game. Most survival games really push that on you. You know, you have to, uh, you have to manage so many things and your food and, and for other games like Don't Starve Together, your sanity, and, and there's so many little things that you have to manage that it becomes a chore sometimes. But in Valheim, you don't have to eat. It's a boon for you to eat. You get like um, yeah, extra extra buffs. Yeah, and... You get extra buffs for it, mm -hmm. but you don't have to, which is amazing because then you you are free to explore. You can actually adventure and survive. And the best part, I'd say, even above the lighting, is that death is not super punishing. Yes, that is the the nice. Some some people may may t speak about it as it being annoying, but you know when when you die, and normally in games that's it. You you drop, you know, your inventory's gone. Your your everything you had is just lost. Whereas in Valheim, you simply drop it as a gravestone, and if you get back to your gravestone, you get all your stuff back. So it's very very forgiving in that sense but also still punishing because obviously wherever you died obvious there was a there was a reason you died there and you have to go back without any any of your stuff to get it all back you know possibly throwing yourself into an extremely dangerous situation just to reclaim lost goods they really found the right spot between playability and challenge Yes, I agree. It's a very, a very, very sweet spot that they've that they've landed in there, and I think that's why it's been such a such a hot game right now. Which, um, if anyone here hasn't, you know, anyone listening hasn't uh, picked it up already, it's it's only like twenty bucks, and I would I would have gladly paid like the sixty. $70 price tag that is put on most AAA games right now for this game. And I'm going to log, I've already logged in so many hours and I'm going to log so many more. It is definitely worth hopping in now and for what it's worth, it's just impeccable for, for being even an early access game. And it's amazing how long this, this game has been in early access. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's it's uh since 
only just recently has been made when it made its uh, big big debut in the early access channel i believe you know i really appreciate that about a lot of indie games mm -hmm. they take their time they go into early access they're in beta they really at least the the better ones uh really take their time in getting user feedback and improving their games until it's just right to put it out there yes yes and that is the nice thing about the um early access channel to give them an outlet to uh get their game in, into hands and get it play tested and get you know commentary like that which which it also kind of leads us into our into our big topic here talking about triple a titles that force out their product far too soon and everything that that comes that that comes from that and the build up to that and everything like that uh, one of our most or more recent like examples of this has been cyberpunk 2077 that game i i will admit shun me if you will i have played that game to absolute completion i have done all the missions all the side quests all that good stuff and i i personally i like it but it is a buggy glitchy mess and this is after it was delayed for i mean months and then and then it got released and it feels like it's it's almost half finished and it's it's kind of a shame really because this is this is the this is a one the the final stone the most recent stone in a long long line of this happening and it's it's getting a bit i feel like companies should start learning from these kinds of mistakes yeah, weren't there some other games uh, in the past, like uh, No Man's Sky was another example of them pushing the game out before it was ready. Yes, and, and their players, that was a whole, a whole, like, a big controversy that it was just, <laughs> they promised so much and they delivered so little. And they still, you know, as as with Cyberpunk, they still put that big AAA title price tag on it for a quarter of what people were expecting, what people were told that they were getting, even. And in No Man's Sky, uh, in, in that case, they issued refunds yes, over yeah, it. Absolutely. And I believe uh, Cyberpunk has started doing the same. There was at one point where they even took it off of... Um, they took it down from the store, so no new players could buy it. From the PlayStation Store? Yes, they took yeah. it down. Why do you think these game companies push out these games like this? And why do you think this has been a trend for a while now, and it seems to be more frequent? Well, I think, I think this is companies being over aggressive on how quickly they can produce a product i think they're being greedy in a way they they see this i mean once once they get like this the 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 reveal out there they see all the people that are excited about it and they know they're going to make big money off of this but they only start making that money when they get the game out there 
and that's that's putting heavy heavy cost on their staff and just the just the the overtime i hear is horrendous like oh yeah eight like 12 to to 14 to 16 even to 18 hour work days six to seven days a week even i'm sure it's it's just horrendous and that's and then even with all that they still only get out half a game but the problem is is people still buy it and i am no exception to the policy because obviously i've as i've said i have bought cyberpunk and i have played it to death so then what's what's the real issue here is it is it that people's expectations are too high now because games have gotten so good and and release schedules have gotten so fast. Marvel pumps out multiple movies every year now, and media is being consumed at a rapid pace. So do they feel like they need to keep up with that pace in order to stay relevant? Is it, or is it on the consumer's fault for expecting too much? I, I think ultimately it's a little bit of both because we as consumers, obviously, we, we want the next big thing. And we, when we want it, we want it now. We don't want to wait for it. We don't want to wait the, uh, you know, the time it can take to, to make, to actually properly make a game. We want it now. Like, for instance, Elder Scrolls Six, uh. no release date. But it's been it's been announced that it's coming for like the last two or three years now, and and people want it. They want more information. They want it now. I want it now. Yes, I want it now too. But it's I mean Bethesda seems you know they're working on other things. I hope they're doing it right. I hope they're going to give this game the love it deserves. Which is kind of another thing. On on the other side, the the companies are they they're really buying into the gotta get it out get it out quickly to stay relevant because as you said people are like they're they're consuming media like especially nowadays when everyone's at home it's just what else do you have to do other than just to play games watch you know binge your the latest tv shows uh, listen to a bunch of podcasts, read a bunch of books. It's just people need more content to stay busy. And it's, um, I think people need to, um, lower their expectations for a little bit. Like, I don't know how things quickly need to come out, but they also need to, the companies need to stop fueling that fire by, by appeasing that they they need to they need to slow down they need to give their employees some thought can they slow down though or is this a a monetary issue i i think they can slow down i think they they need to i i think um i think they can afford to slow down um i mean ultimately They'll, they'll have to slow down because when they keep doing this, they're destroying their reputations. Mm-hmm. Like um, CD Projekt Red, which is the company that developed Cyberpunk. They just, I mean, it was a, a, it's been a long time release, but 
The Witcher 3 was their last project, and that was huge, and it was so highly, highly reviewed. It was, it was, it was a good, it was a really good game. And now they've come out with this, and that has completely destroyed their reputation. The, this will, this will cripple them in the future. Everyone, any new game that they put out, any new title, people are going to speculate because they'll always look back at what happened with Cyberpunk. Here's a hot take, though. Is that always going to happen? Because I know Fallout 76 was an issue with Bethesda, but a lot of people are looking forward to Elder Scrolls 6. Do you think that, like, the, their reputation, Bethesda's reputation has been hurt, or is it just for the Fallout franchise? Uh, unfortunately, it's a little bit of both, but I think, I think Bethesda gets a free pass a lot of times, unfortunately, because they do produce some games that are memishly, it's to the point where Elder Scrolls games are memes in their own sense where you're expected to be it's expected to be buggy glitchy and just a mess sometimes i can't tell you how many screenshots i have of a horse going through a a building yes yes exactly and yes it's just it's it's what's expected of them it's almost as if they're playing into their reputation with that one it was still very unfortunate because that was another project that was rushed and and severely disappointed a lot of fans of the series but it's it's expected with them and that's unfortunate that that's that that's okay with them in that sense that that they can just produce unfinished content and get away with it and still make tons of money off of it i know you've stated that uh you believe that it's not a monetary issue, but if it was, is there something that we can do to remedy that? Like pump more money into the arts or even as consumers help it along via things like, um, if consumers can help with something like a GoFundMe page, you know, a crowdsource to, to earn the money. I know a lot of Indie companies do that. Is that something that these AAA companies are going to have to do to get to that level of intricacy that they desire, or do you think that's going too far? I th- I think that's taking it a step too far, just because these companies they they have the budgets to fund these these big games. That's why they're the ones who make AAA titles. You know, you don't have third party developers making these big AAA games. And I, they have the funds. I think it ultimately comes down to cutting corners to maximize profits. Which, I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I, you know, I'm not in the boardrooms. I'm not. Uh, I'm not in the on the conference calls. But that is what I speculate is the reason, the reasoning that they've. Um, fast-tracked everything almost and are putting extra pressure on on speed because i mean ultimately that's 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 kind of um what our society is doing as a whole like it's not just video games it's it's everything everything's on the fast track right now and there's so much pressure for it Mm -hmm. to be so that's true 
especially in this this time we're in right now uh, for the past year and, and this year more media is being consumed but it's being it's becoming more and more difficult to create uh, all of this content um, or, or it was at the beginning it's starting to become a little easier now however people are so used to having so much content that even a small dearth of it that we're experiencing right now is going to be very I don't want to use the word traumatic because I think that's going a little bit too far uh, but a little it's gonna shock them a bit they're gonna be like oh no I need more content when there's so much available but it's not what they're used to but I think that is probably enough about that topic uh, it's it's very it's something something to think about you know well, we're obviously we're not experts but that's just a you know our perception of it and that's um you know some of you may agree some of you may disagree but um i hope this has given you something to think about when you're you know pre-ordering the next hot game that's coming out or you know looking into um getting that getting that next big thing that's coming out hopefully the industry will change hopefully uh it's as you said and some companies are going to get real hurt their reputations will be hurt by putting out these subpar quality uh products and hopefully that will help them the industry go towards what it used to be um where the project was finished and in your hands when they said it would be yes that is that is that is all we can really hope for at the end that um that they learn their lessons um but that is all the time we have for today this has been skelly and basil signing off at the untitled podcast and we hope you have a good night gamers Yes, goodbye and good night, Dream of Doritos and Mountain Dew.